Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the High Ground Podcast. Today is, I'm really excited. We are going to dive deep into um, representation from the LGBTQ community, and I'm just, I'm excited because there's there's a lot for me to learn on this. Um, so we're going to jump right into it right now on the High Ground. Hello and welcome everybody to the high ground. I'm really excited because we have three brand new guests, first timers on here, and we have a returning favorite with uh, Always Fern. Um, but yeah, I want to start by kind of going around and we will we'll ask that the first questions of, you know, who are you? Where can we find you and your awesome stuff? And today I'll be asking if you could have any job in Star Wars or be part of any faction, right? You could be a smuggler, a bounty hunter, Mandalorian, you could be High Republic, you could be uh, whatever you want. What faction are you going to be? And who's your ride or die? Who Who's your partner in crime in, in all, of, all you're doing? Uh, and I'll, I'll go to Jess first. Okay. So, hi, I'm Jess. You can find me on like TikTok and Twitter at Kawaii Jessio. And I had such a hard time picking like um, what I'd want to be in Star Wars, like job wise, because of course, like Jedi are really cool. And I've been really into the High Republic lately. So <laughs> I was like, wow. As you should. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think in the end, I'm going to go with I want to be part of the Chiss expansionary defense fleet. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Thrawn. And the Thrawn books. So, and my ride or die is Eli Vanto. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> I was like, there's only two answers to that. And it's, it's Eli Vanto or Admiral Arlani. Um, both are, sorry, sorry, not, not to go all, all gatekeeper y, um, but, but those, those are my ride or dies. <laughs> um, also, real quick, we, we got Brooke saying, uh, uh, where to go? Those are some cool Commander Cody earrings. Um, I just always got to shout out uh, Brooke B. Dazzler in the chat with Far Far Away Factory. Comes out with the best stuff. Uh, Brooke is just the best, and go go check out her and her stuff. Um, how, how about you, Noah? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm Noah. Uh, you can find me on pretty much everywhere, just at the Jewish Jedi. Um, I, I did also think a lot about this because I am getting right into the High Republic and watching our other co-host Mel do their speed run of the like entire series in two days. Uh, and I am enamored with the idea of being like a like a Jedi Wayfinder, I think was the phrase they used. Like, it, I will gladly be a Jedi and explore the galaxy. Like, sign me up right now. Um, I know this doesn't like, really work in canon, but like if I could hang out from one person from the High Republic, it would be Bell, uh, Bell, my beloved. I would like. <laughs> he's just he's fantastic. That said, uh, if I could make this work and just break canon, Eli Vanto, please come hang out with me. <laughs> <laughs> have a good time with that. Uh, I I approve. I approve. Yeah, but break time and space. You know, it's all it's all connected to the Force. It don't don't matter. Um, awesome. I, I love it. <laughs> Uh, how about you, Becca? Hello, my name is Becca. You can find me on TikTok at Becca Shea. Uh, the spelling is B-E-C-K-A-H-S-H-A-Y-E because people always spell 
my first name and my middle name wrong. Um, if I could be anything in the Star Wars universe, I think I would be a Jedi during the High Republic because I just feel like they are the embodiment of what Jedi should be. I'm, I've only read Light of the Jedi so far because I'm all, like, I took a break and I'm reading Throne Alliances right now. But I, the, when I read that book, I was like, wait, this is perfect. And this is everything that I want. And Lon Gradestorm, he, like, I want him to be my ride or die, my partner. <laughs> like, I don't care. Like, if he was my teacher, I would, like, not want to leave the Jedi Order. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, and Charles Solve recently um, made a post saying uh, on Twitter saying, you know, I'm excited to write more for, for Loden. And then I said, I would like some details, sir. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with that. And um, just like uh, Star Wars Laura is saying, uh, Fern, uh, <laughs> Fern, last but not least. Yeah, I mean, I'm so predictable. You guys probably already know. I would have to be a Jedi. Firstly, hi, I'm Fern at Always Fern on TikTok. Um, and I am sort of the resident uh, Jedi apologist, Jedi of all eras. Um, but I am also super enamored with the High Republic era. Um, and I think I would have to be uh, something adjacent to a Jedi archivist. I just want to uh, be like, the Jedi who's sitting in the library reading books all day and writing essays. Um, maybe I like, you know, teach a few classes. <laughs> I teach I teach the um, Jedi Padawan uh, space Shakespeare class. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I, I think that my writer die would have to be Wraith Silas. Um, I considered for a moment maybe doing something less predictable, but I know deep in my heart that Wraith is always going to be uh, my my fantasy partner in crime yeah no wreath is of of the good boys he's yeah. he's my favorite of the the goodest uh good boys i do love the idea of fern in their jocasta new era just like several <laughs> hundred years prior to when she's running around the temple exactly like this is all i want um i do appreciate the energy of jocasta new just continuing to be a librarian during a war I think that that's beautiful and like if that's also an option I will take it yeah I mean there were Jedi who were just like I don't want to fight like this isn't what we're supposed to be doing and what's what's funny now that you say it is that happened with um Jedi Master um uh what's his name uh, the guy, uh, Prosit Dibs, uh, he ended up becoming the 10th brother. Mm. But, like, <laughs> uh, as his punishment, I guess, they made him work in the library. <laughs> so I'm just curious, like, what that air was like when Joe Costa knew it. He's like, I hate these goddamn Jedi. And she's just like, yeah, whatever, just organize. And he's like, I'm blind. <laughs> they also uh, make Ahsoka work in the library for a bit as punishment. Yeah. yeah that's true yeah they had an arc about that in the clone wars too and she's like i hate library duty and i was like i would kill to do that you i can't believe that's like the standard jedi punishment like you do something you mess up you will be shelving books for about you know two to three weeks i do love in any fantasy universe when they're like the punishment is you have to do homework and they're like ah oh, darn and i'm like you're complaining about your galactic space war history homework this is the issue you have today. <laughs> That's like a real thing from my life where my parents would be like, all right, go to your room. And I'm like, 
Okay. <laughs> oh Don't no. Don't tell me twice. <laughs> Uh, like I, I'm the guy that used to actually volunteer to write my friend's essays and stuff for school. Because I was like, I couldn't pick a topic, so I wrote mine. But I kind of want to write the other ones. Can I write yours? <laughs> like, that's that, that was me. Um, oh, also, we got Ollie Fresh in chat, said the, the whole squad. I, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't have... I, I, have, to, I have to pick and choose. I, I'm going to have everyone on eventually, and I... I'm really, I'm really trying here. So, uh, Neepy saying, "Let's go." Xcore gamer skills uh, is here. <laughs> a little late. Don't worry about that. Um, Xcore gamer skills is on uh, Conspiracy Cantina podcast, uh, which is a lot of fun. I was on there um, a week ago, something like that. So you can always check them out as well. Um, but yeah, I mean. <laughs> Those are all awesome answers. Eli Vanto, I, I I do I do love him and I I need more. And it's it's frustrating knowing as much as I love getting Thrawn's backstory, but I'm like, these are more books before I can find out more about what happens to Eli Vanto in the future. And I I don't I'm not I'm not super okay with that. Um all right, so let's go with uh, how did you guys get into Star Wars and what actually made you kind of fall in love with the universe? I'll go to Noah first. Um, so I was a child when the prequels were coming out, so that was my like introduction to Star Wars, which I feel like is a really interesting starting point because when I was a kid, I actually didn't know that like the originals had come out decades before the prequels. So I was like, wow, the CGI got really bad over like the year between these movies. Um, but I stayed away from it for a while. I think the thing that made me like fall in love with Star Wars was probably the Clone Wars TV show, um, which was coming out when I was like, I think like eight, nine and 10, like around that area. But it was so in depth of the Star Wars universe and had just like this great cast of characters that I was like, I needed to know more about these people. And that I think is where my uh, obsession with Star Wars that pervades to this day sort of started out. I, I, I love that show so much. I have rewatched it multiple times. Oh yeah, no. I, uh, it's actually like I actually don't like having it playing in the background because both my wife and I will end up not getting anything done. So we have to like have something else. So we have like The Office playing because it's less captivating. <laughs> it's one of those shows that I can't like casually watch. I can't be like I'm gonna put it on and do dishes. I'm like, no, we have to sit down. We have to be prepared to interact with what's happening on screen right now. Especially if Clovis comes on, uh, then I get angry and I break dishes. Get him out of here. <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Becca? How'd you get into Star Wars and what made you fall in love? So this this will make sense when I say I was a, I was a huge Supernatural fan. And I was in love with the actress, Emily Swallow, and she plays the armor in The Mandalorian. I was like, I just want to support her. That's all I want. Like, I will follow her wherever she goes. And I, so I started watching The Mandalorian and I was like, wait, Star Wars is actually like, if this is what it is, it's really good. And then I started watching it and I was traumatized by Rogue One. I was like, no, wait, I really like this. But what like capt like what made it captivating to me was just the way that in The Mandalorian, how the story was told, coming from someone who did not know really all I knew was Darth Vader was Luke's father and that Yoda was a little green guy walking around. Like I didn't know anything, but it's still like was so interesting in the way that the story was told. I was like, we love found family. We love good storytelling, and everything about it was just perfect to me. Ah, I I love it. I, I always that's why I love finding out when people join in because it means something different depending on when you jumped in, and it's 
I know it's just refreshing, you know. Um, uh, how about you, Fern? So I grew up in a household where there were people who liked Star Wars, namely my dad and my brother. Um, so I was like aware of Star Wars. I had seen the movies, um, but I would not have called myself a Star Wars fan until I was about 12 years old. And I found in my brother's room uh, the fourth book in the Jedi Apprentice series by Jude Watson. Um, I guess I was just bored that day, or I, I think that was a time in my life where I would basically read anything that found its way into my hands, even if I didn't particularly care about the book itself. Um, and in this book, Obi-Wan Kenobi is 12 years old, turning 13. And I was like, that's me. Um, and <laughs> I just like, I loved it. It, it. You know, they're really short reads. So I read that book uh, really quickly. And then it was just a matter of going to the library and reading as much of the series as I could and the Jedi quest and Last of the Jedi stuff. Um, and then from there, I watched the Clone Wars um, and I started reading other Star Wars books. And I went back and watched the prequel, or I'd seen the prequels, but like actually watched and paid attention um and star wars just became a really really big part of my life and a big part of my friendships that's awesome and i, I always say the books are the best part of star wars um yeah. you know to come at me um and i have uh <laughs> will force king says oh no not my bedroom with all my books tv video games i want to distract myself yeah that's what those weird punishments were like i don't know what he was trying to do uh Shout out. Thank you, Cartoon D2. Uh, I appreciate all of you guys um, and any donations. It's not necessary, but I, I love love all the support. Um, and uh, Jess, last but not least, how about you? How did you find yourself in this world? Okay, so I started with the sequels, actually, but I didn't actually see um, The Force Awakens in theater. Because before that, I'd never really been interested in Star Wars, mainly because as a kid, uh, I saw Jar Jar Binks and Darth Maul and was like, no thanks. I don't know what that is, but I don't want any part of that. But then um, I watched the sequels and uh, the other movies and was like, oh, yeah, this is this is fun. But um, last year near the end of the year, so like December with The Mandalorian season two, because I had watched um, season one also when it was coming out, I just fell backwards into the rabbit hole that was like Star Wars because I was like wow this is really good let's uh watch Clone Wars and let's watch Rebels now and I just fell in love with the universe I guess and then I met all these like fun people on TikTok who were like Star Wars like content creators and I was like yeah this is actually really nice and really fun yeah it's it's been amazing like especially because I, I I, I didn't know, as an introverted person myself, I had no thoughts to actually making real friends on the internet before TikTok. Like, that was not a thing I would ever want to do. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and now I get to see all of my mutuals and stuff going to Disneyland together and making all this content together. And I'm like, this is this is just crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I need to catch up with, with all y'all. Um but it's it's awesome and i especially love that all this with all the content coming out it's like the best time there's so many new people joining this fandom and it's just i don't know it's just it's just the best we're keeping it fresh so it, it, it never goes stale and stuff like that and i think representation is going to be a big part of keeping that that 
that freshness. Um, also, shout out to Haley, Grilly Coffee Works. Um, follow her because uh, she's awesome. So internet friendships. St. Pat. St. Pat designed my uh, uh, logo, and he's St. Pat just, is just the best. Um, yeah, this is the best community by far. Not, no question. Uh, but speaking of represent, representation, why is it important? We'll start with like a simple question like that, and then we'll just kind of expand on it. Um, we'll go, go to Becca first. For me, representation is important. Like good representation is important because we should want to see ourselves in the characters that we like. Because in media in general, it's just the majority is going to be cishet, which is cisgender heterosexual. And if there is any form of like, I know because I'm a lesbian, so like I'll see like lesbian representation and it's highly sexualized. So I like to see like proper representation that accurately portrays me. And I know for like younger kids, it's good for them to see because they might be questioning their gender identity or their sexuality or something. And if they see a character that is showing how they're feeling, that just that'll mean a lot to them because I didn't get that growing up. It was all the what people considered the norm. So representation is just important in general because we want to see ourselves on screen and I, I know that sometimes when you ask for representation, people get upset, but it's, I don't think it's too much to ask to say, hey, can we get some more gay characters in Star Wars? Because there's not a lot of gay characters in Star Wars. Yeah, no, I mean, all great points. And sounds reasonable to me. I don't know. Uh, how about you, Fern? Yeah, this is something I think about a lot because um, in general, I don't believe that like a character has to be relatable to be compelling. I don't need to relate to their experiences to find them you know, interesting um, and worthwhile. Um, but then I also think about when I was a kid and I was raised in a family where I knew it was perfectly okay to be queer. Um, and also I was deeply afraid that I was going to be queer when I grew up. I thought that that was going to be a bad thing, not because my parents were going to reject me. Like I didn't um, fear for myself. Like I don't think I feared for myself on a, a physical level, but I knew that it was not normal, at least not to the kids I went to school with, at least not, you know, in the movies I saw on TV. Um, and I think so much of that came from the fact that I like, every movie I ever watched, the girl got a boyfriend at the end, you know, the happy ending was a wedding. Um, and I was just really like, I remember being 12 years old about the same time I got into Star Wars thinking like, I don't think I can do that. Um, and it felt like a very horrible realization at the time. And so then I think, like, I think seeing um, queer experiences and queer identity in the shows and books and movies that I really loved was for me a first step into realizing like, this is not something I need to dread. This is not something I need to be afraid of. This can be like a really positive and beautiful thing. Um, and so at the end of the day, like that's why it's so important for me now is because I think there are kids out there having that same experience. And I hope that they can look around at um, just the, the things they're interested in and like see themselves and see their experiences and think this is going to be okay, actually. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. No, that's, that's beautiful. And was 
there was a cat back there that was just applauding. Like, yeah, so. she's really mad that my door is closed, but <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's all it's all great points. Um, I uh, well, I'll I'll wait to share my experience at the end. I'm not part of the community, but um, my sister is, and I guess I'll, I'll just share it now. Um, and I think that. Um, I don't think my family was ready for it at, at, at the time. My sister's a few years older than me, and I didn't care myself. I was uh, not the least bit surprised at all. I was like, oh, you're finally going to say it. Cool. Um, but since there, it was, there's so little of it in our media in general, um, that's what normalizes a lot of things. People don't realize that a lot of the normalization comes from the media that you can, are always consuming. Um, there's people that are uncomfortable with black people, for instance, but that's because the only media they've ever consumed is the only place they've ever interacted with a black character. And they've always been crooks and stuff. So uh, that's, that's a, a, a big part of it. And I don't know. I always, I always wonder because my sister is, literally the most talented human I've ever met. Um, and her life has gone some really bad places now. And I always wonder what could have been different. Um, not that it's anyone's fault, not that she wasn't loved or anything like that. And she wasn't expelled or anything horrible, but our family just didn't understand, you know? And so that's one of the things is I genuinely want to understand and hear the perspective. So I appreciate hearing all this stuff. It's amazing to me. Um, how about you, Jess? Well, like, like Becca and Fern are saying, right? I do think having um, more representation just like slowly will normalize them more in society and media because, sorry, I'm having trouble like formulating my thoughts right now or articulating them. But because yeah. take your time or if you want me to come back to you I can I'm either way. Mm. Yeah, come back to me in a second. Hold on. All right, I'll come back to you after uh after Noah. Uh what are your thoughts? Yeah, um Fern, you and I have very similar thoughts on this which we've talked about before, but um like you said this thing that was like I don't need to relate to a character's experiences to find them compelling. Uh, which I do think is very true, but I can also remember the first time like seeing a character and like they were queer and being like, oh, this is what that feels like to relate to somebody that I'm seeing on screen. Um, because so often I think that when you don't see yourself represented, it's not even like a normalizing it for yourself thing. It's just sort of like a, like a click goes off where you're like, I am a person and other people can experience the things that I experience and they, they can understand that perspective and that story. Uh, and I think that growing up, almost never seeing that, um, because the only way that, like, like uh, Becca, you mentioned that, like, lesbian relationships are always hypersexualized. I am also so tired of seeing, like, gay men on screen, and their only trade is that they're, like, very loud. And I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, guys. I'm glad <laughs> we're the comic relief for the seventh movie in a row. Um, but I, I think for me, the reason I want better representation is for younger kids, because I think I would have had an easier time 
not understanding myself because when I knew, I knew. And I do remember I was in like fifth grade and I literally was like, oh crap. Like, I was like, great, <laughs> I can't get around this anymore. Um, but I, I think if I'd been able to see it other places, and I think the other thing about um, about queer representation especially is that we look for it in like every available character like even a hint that this character might be anywhere in the queer community you're like this is the one this is the character i'm gonna fix it on for eight straight years and i'm okay with that but i would love for it to be something more concrete than like grasping at straws essentially to try and put yourself in the media that you're seeing and i think that if it were more um widespread and if they were more positive stories i don't i, I think that kids especially would have an easier time sort of being okay with themselves, sort of. Especially because queer stories, when they are told, are most often told by straight people. And they're most often told about stories that are totally divorced from us. Like, I don't I don't want to see another movie about gay people in the AIDS crisis. I just don't. I've seen enough of those. I want to see us in space. And I want to see us in, like, wizard stories. Like, there are just, there are levels to that. There's a multiplicity of queer existence. And I, I want representation to bring that forward um, in a way that isn't wrapped around either hypersexuality or tragedy. Would that be, that'd be super cool if we could get like either of those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Splash Daddy here says it beautifully. Everyone here, everyone is multidimensional. And that's the thing I, I really wish that people would, would understand. Like I hear comments tossed out about lazy writing to me the only lazy writing is leaning into tropes that you are not willing to research those people that you are using a trope for that's the only form of lazy writing because that is literally i didn't want to do the work so i'm writing this trope so it'll be easily digestible and i see that happen a lot like you said the hypersexualization and uh and it's it's and it's a horrible thing because it lends itself towards I don't know, deviancy, which is not really a thing, but it's like a, a weird type of branding <laughs> that people do. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, thank you, Ace Bronx. I, uh, I I appreciate you. I appreciate you, sir. Uh, but uh, how about you, Jess? You have any thoughts? It's hard because it's like everyone has basically <laughs> said a lot of what I was like thinking or feeling. So I don't know what to say that could like add on besides agreeing with Noah that yeah it's it's really tiring to see just um, queer representation as like stereotype and tragedy all the time because there's you're just more than that and we're like normal people too mm -hmm. so be nice if representation became more normalized and just putting people who were happen to be queer and in Star Wars or other fantasy and fun things. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. I don't know if you any of you guys have read um the aftermath books. Anyone? No? Okay. Um so the character uh Sinjir Las Vila, uh, Las Vilas in that book is he's gay and he's one of the coolest characters in any of the Star Wars books. Um, because he's he's just a guy that was a former ISB agent who just happens to be gay and he just does all these things. Now, I did feel it was a little ham-fisted how they presented him as gay because he literally comes out and he says, I'm gay. And you're like, 
oh, okay, cool. Uh, like someone hit on him, and he's just like, you're like, all right, okay, that's that's cool, but like, I don't know. Um, but the first book in that series is not great, but the series actually gets really good. And if you get into the second and third book, phenomenal character, highly recommend, <laughs> highly recommend. But as you guys were saying, and as uh, Melvin Culpa here is saying, the writer's room needs to be as diverse as the cast of the story, which should also be as diverse as the audience to the story. And I think that's the uh, most important <laughs> stairs and go back. <laughs> uh Comac's uh appreciative uh eyebrow raise. Uh I was like, ooh, we're doing that? Okay, okay. Um what is a an example of a good represent like what does good represent representation mean? And what is an example of that that you guys can can think of? Uh Fern? It's such a hard question um, because I think my answer, my my instinct is to say like one character cannot be good representation on their own. The only thing that can be good representation uh, are enough characters to like sufficiently embody what it means to have this identity. And obviously my experience is like, a person who identifies as a lesbian is going to be different from Becca's experience with that same identity and that same label. Um, these are words that are useful to an extent, but they're not going to explain everything about, you know, what it is to, to, to have this identity. Um, I think in general, like if, if you are going to look at one character and say, are they good representation or not? Are they a person? Are they a fully developed person? And for me, um, and I think everyone's gonna have like a different take on this. Um, but for me, there is this sort of caveat of, and is queer identity or queer experience like relevant to who they are in some way? Um, so a character who is queer, but like that's not necessarily a part of their, uh, I wanna be really careful here because I might not be saying what I actually mean, but like, for me, what is really good positive queer representation is a queer character whose queerness informs who they are as a person, how they see the world, how they interact with people, um, you know, the relationships they have. And that's because that's been my experience. So even, you know, when I'm not in a relationship, even when I, um, you know, even if I don't currently have a crush on someone, my life and my relationships are, um, are influenced by and impacted by the fact that I'm queer. Um, and so that is something that like, for me feels necessary for good queer representation. And I think I would feel differently if we had like just as many queer characters in Star Wars as there are straight characters, um, but because we don't, or any show, you know, fill in the blank. Um, because we don't, that still feels really necessary to me. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I like that a lot. I uh, and and it's it's so hard to to translate um, because you I, it makes me think of because uh, obviously I'm more familiar with racial <laughs> with it on a, on a racial level. So I, I translate it as like uh, Cisco Ramon on the Flash, where he's Mexican and that's how he sees the world. And with his family, he speaks Spanish and all this stuff. But that's not 
what he is. What he is is an engineer and a scientist and, and stuff. And that like it doesn't come up unless it's one of those related things, but it does inform how he, he sees it. You know, that's that's kind of the example that I'm I, I'm thinking in my mind. Um also have Brian Mack, thank you so much. And then uh sorry to throw something at from left field out at you, but I'm curious. Because uh, Will Forrest King asks, uh, what's everyone's thoughts on straight characters portraying roles of LGBTQ characters um, and, and your thoughts on that? Um, did you have any further thoughts on that, Fern? For me, it's one of those situations where, like, I don't care particularly personally my question might be why like why was this person selected why why is the belief in the you know cast why is the casting director's belief that like this person can best embody this experience um i think it's different when it comes to trans people i think like trans actors should play trans roles um i also think there's a conversation to be had about um outing people before they're ready in order for them to like be allowed to play a role. Um, that's like very complicated and fraught. So my stance is I don't personally mind all that much. I just do have the question in my head of like, okay, so why this person? Is there a reason for it? Um, you just hit me with a bunch of stuff I've never even considered. Uh, that was crazy. <laughs> um, uh, how about how about you, Jess? Uh, what's, uh, what is good represent representation to you and is there any examples that we have of this in, in Star Wars or, or other media? And if you want to comment on your thoughts on actors and stuff, feel free to. It's, again, a, a hard question of like good representation because you don't want to um, toe the line of, is this becoming um, a stereotype? And yeah, like Fern was saying, I do think that... Um, until it becomes more normalized, it is like good to see characters like um, addressing their queerness, I guess, and how they see the world. But I do hope that one day we'll be able to move away from that and be like, oh yeah, this is just normal. And they're like queer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's hard, like thinking, trying to think of what is good representation. I do really appreciate um Silvestri in Out of the Shadows though as a, a, a queer character and I think she was um written pretty well she and Jordana their whole relationship if you haven't read Out of the Shadows please read Out of the Shadows yes uh, please read it don't sleep on that book keep saying it over and over again <laughs> sorry keep going yeah but uh kind of like pulling blanks on any other characters in star wars that would be good representation besides like one-off like lines like oh yeah they oh i i'm sorry i'm gay i'm not interested or they looked at another character of the same sex <laughs> go back uh yeah don't you're not wrong it's because they didn't exist <laughs> you know sylvester's the first like front runner you know everyone else there's um the, the the sister that was you know going after ahsoka and then there's it's just like 
like hit and miss like little little characters, but it's it's usually not not a main character. Although I still maintain y'all need to read. Uh, I think everyone should read the aftermath books. Um, the first one is not great, <laughs> but but it gets really good. I, I promise. I, I always have to warn people up front. Um, uh, how about you? Uh, how about you, Noah? Uh, I, I do love this. Um, I feel like a lot of Star Wars media, you always have to start with like, the first one of these is not amazing, but I swear it gets better as it goes on. Like, I think, I think I've explained like half of all Star Wars media with that disclaimer attached to it. Like, it's always give it time. Um, but but on, on the topic of the discussion, I, I do feel like I would love to live in a world where I didn't need queer characters to be like as explicitly queer as possible. But until there's... I don't if it if it's even slightly debatable, I don't trust especially Star Wars as a fandom to just allow that character to exist. Like things need to be so deeply explicit that they cannot look away from that. Uh that said, I think Fern was right on the money as usual uh about this idea that I don't know about the label of good representation. I think I'd replace it with is this a successful representation? Because mm. I don't always know if a character is like, like is good representation when I, as a gay person relate to this character or do they accurately display what it means to exist as a queer person? But like, even that sentence is a little bit too, it lacks a lot of important intersectionality when discussing how queerness differs culture to culture and group to group. Like queerness in Jewish communities is not the same as queerness in black communities or in Asian communities. And those ways that we're influenced and the ways that we see the world differently as a result are things you have to communicate in your characters. The complicated thing is that when we're talking about this in like a fantasy genre, how does that translate over? Like, we just don't know how people in Star Wars feel about the gays as like a collective. I, that's never really been super fleshed out. So like, like in Star Wars, why would queerness as a construct exist? Why would it change how that person interacts with their own reality we don't know uh and, and i so i'm not saying i'm like wow i wish there was more ca uh, canon homophobia in star wars which would be really <laughs> funny objectively like if that's what star wars writers heard and they're like gotcha cool 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 but it's it's complicated uh to translate a set of experiences that are so earthbound and then move them into a universe where those are they don't parallel one-to-one -one. I think that's why, um, and I, I've, I've listened to Fern talk about queer coding for like eight years, um, but this is why coding your characters is so important because we recognize queerness in characters without it being explicit in those same people. But that said, I would like explicitly gay people to exist in the world. Um, but I think that's complicated. And I think it's especially complicated because not every writer that's writing a queer character is going to be a queer person. And I think asking for that um it doesn't really solve like if you're writing a book and i want queer characters in that book it'd be complicated to be like only a queer author can write this story that has nothing to do with gayness but includes a gay person like that's limiting and it doesn't really solve a whole lot it's the same conversation that uh, we were just having about like should a straight actor play a gay person. I think that's, I, I agree with Fern completely. That's very different when it comes to trans people. Like that's a separate issue, but it there's, so there's layers to it that I find complicated to be like, is this good representation? 
I, I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to even think of like representation in Star Wars and I'm like, wow, I really enjoyed that because most of the, like the queer characters that I like in Star Wars are just up here. They're characters that I relate to and I have thus thrust my own queer identity on top of rather than them actually being canonically gay. Looking at you, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Commander Cody who are not canonically a couple, but <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> <laughs> Which really quickly, I think, is why sometimes uh, authors and writers unintentionally create more compelling queer stories than when they're trying to do it intentionally. Yes. Because when they're just trying to write a good story and that story really resonates with queer experiences, like from my perspective, that's usually going to be more successful than like I am going to create the, the gay Star Wars character, right? <laughs> Either that, or they're so garbage at writing women that the only compelling characters are men, and people ship them together because they're the only people that are fully fleshed out. <laughs> I am fascinated by this. This happens a lot, specifically in war movies, where male directors will write so hard to get their male characters to be, like, super macho men that they end up giving them these emotional moments that come off really gay. And I, I love that whenever it happens. I, I mean, I, I maintain that being gay is the manliest thing you can do, <laughs> but uh, that's that's a, a weird hill I'm not willing to explain at this point in time. <laughs> uh, Julia Christine says, no, that's the same language I used to describe adaptations. Good is way more subjective than successful. Julia, and, your thoughts on adaptation literally live in my brain rent-free, so please continue to put them on the internet because they are amazing. <laughs> um now Brooke is a more of an Obi-Wan Django shipper. <laughs> I mean that that was did feel a little bit coded that interaction of like have you ever gone out as far as Coruscant? It's like I don't know that that moment. No, just... no, that that scene in Attack of the Clones does live rent free in my mind. I think <laughs> I think I saw that as a kid and I was like, Am I <laughs> is this <laughs> And I also have to bring out uh, Element 7 asks about Ketsu and Sabine and Rebels. Um, I'm getting a lot of nods, thumbs up. Okay, okay. <laughs> just just had to ask. Uh, Becca, how about you? How about your thoughts on this? I agree with basically what everyone else is saying, that it is a very layered question of what good representation is. Because for me, it's going to be different for someone else because everyone has different experiences that they'll be able to relate to or not relate to um but in general i think because i've noticed that sometimes writers will write a character that's queer coded but not say that they're gay until like after the show or the movie's over and be like oh yeah by the way this character's gay like they did with lando they're like oh yeah by the way lando's pansexual and i'm like why couldn't you just put that in the movie like why couldn't you just have him like somehow like slide it in, like in um, the Princess Leia book, Holdo, she basically said, she told Leia that um, liking humanoid men was limiting. And I'm like, that's the easiest way to just slide it in that you're not straight. But so when stuff like that happens, I'm like, okay, so that like the bar is so low and you didn't meet it. Um, but also just not fe constantly feeding into the stereotypes of queer people or transgender people or anything like that like if you keep feeding into the same stereotypes over and over it's just going to add to more problems and it's going to add like people are just going to keep believing those stereotypes when in reality they're not 
always true. Yeah, definitely. Man, I, I remember not specifically on the pansexual part. People had such a problem with the concept that Lando might have had sex with a robot. And I'm like, people do that now. <laughs> they do that right now on our Earth. Um, you're telling me that you you don't expect people with like fully realized like automaton robots would I don't know I don't know I just it just felt it seems uh apropos I guess um but but yeah no I I, I love it thank you guys so much for for these because these are like I felt so um inadequate writing questions to ask because I'm like I don't even know if these are the right questions to ask I'm finding out that largely no they're not but <laughs> But but they're a great jumping off point to get to the, the matters at hand. So um, uh, the next question was, uh, what is bad representation? And are, do we have any examples of this? Now, bad representation, I think, is probably less subjective. But I'm, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. And for this one, I'm going to, uh, to Jess first. Do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, um, those stereotypes are just like uh, really effeminate gay man as as one is a bad representation. Um, and like uh, Becca said before, uh, authors or writers coming in later on and being like, oh, yeah, this character is actually queer. Sorry, it wasn't mentioned in the story, but uh, I'm telling you now they are queer. It's like some... There's there's a lot actually that it's a, a lot to unpack, but those are some at the top of my head, I guess. <laughs> yeah, look at you, uh, Valkyrie on on Thor. E even the scene that was cut out was still pretty mild. It just it could have been looked at as someone crying over their friend or whatever. It wasn't made clear that it was a relationship with another Valkyrie. Um, so. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, how about you, Becca? I just want to say, I think we can all agree that Tarkin is the best queer representation. I, you know, I, I gotta get out of here, like, right now. <laughs> you know, he's actually the worst. Like, the fact that it just was, like, the. I just, my brain, because I, I wrote notes for this just in case if I, like, forgot anything. And I wrote Tarkin down here as, like, bad representation. Cause I'm just like, why him? And people will joke. I've seen it on Twitter, on TikTok of um, Tarkin, like having a thing for the clones. I've seen Tarkin and Crosshair being shipped. I'm like, oh my God, this is a mess. But he is bad representation. That is the definition of bad representation. And that's all I have to say on the subject. I was thinking about Tarkin when I was speaking. So that's really funny. He's our gay icon. <laughs> I think that was our gay icon. Uh, I, I'm I, know, no. I know that I said I was queer earlier, but if he's in the community, I'm actually going to head out if y'all yeah. don't. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly no. And, and, and for some reason, all right, when Tarkin Talk was a thing, I, I was afraid for my life. Uh, I did not feel safe. I needed an adult. Um, yeah, I just... So you're saying that there's something wrong with uh, someone from 1977 being coded as uh, being let know that was gay in 2018. 
Note noted, noted. Um <laughs> uh, I was so thank you to uh that junk man. Uh, I appreciate you. Um Brick says apparently Thor Love and Thunder will be a full blown love story. And I really hope that it's Valkyrie and Jane Foster. Um interesting. I can see that. Um <laughs> those are guys said, oh wait, I always forget about that. Hopefully she's talking about Tarkin. Do forget about that, please do. Um, it felt wrong when I read it for the first time. I was like, that's super weird, and I don't know. Um, how about you, friend? Yeah, um, what everyone has been saying, stereotypes, really, you know, two-dimensional characters um who are not characters, they are vehicles for um like the most limited understanding of queer identity possible. Um, I would like to bring up, and, and I saw Julia already did in the chat, and it was what was on my mind, the Santeca Silicon Valley husbands from Light of the Jedi. Um, it's It felt a little bit like someone had Googled, what are gay people like? Um, and then wrote these two characters based on that. And they're not, you know, they're not real characters they are a plot point they drive the plot further fine there should be characters like that in a in a novel not every character can have like a full uh complex you know development um however in a book that um, um uh, how far do I want to go with this? In a book where there is a lot of heterosexuality floating around, um, it felt very self-congratulatory to be like, well, look, we have these two husbands, look, they're gay, um, when they they really were not like in my mind meaningful representations of uh of queerness at all. That being said, if the Santeca husbands are like your favorite character, I'm so sorry uh to, to slander them like this, but it didn't do it for me. God, that's so true. I didn't even think about it like that. It's like you Google and you're like, oh, they're fancy. And like, <laughs> and like they're cultured, you know, they have a lot of money. They're very they sold. they have good taste. <laughs> Yeah, I, I sorry. This is like this is gonna be my albatross. I swear to God, the Santeca husbands. Um, but the fact that they come from this like rugged, adventurous, prospecting family, but now they've become these sort of you know, um, again very cultured, uh, very comfortable, um, a married couple living in this beautiful house in on Naboo. Um, and there is a line about how like perhaps they're you know rugged adventuring uh, ancestors would be like slightly embarrassed by this and that seems to be playing into a lot of stereotypes um that just again made me a little a little uncomfortable no no it makes sense um also i just noticed we have a famous obi-wan cosplayer libu wan kenobi in the chat uh calling out chariot and bays in rogue one um because I do fully ship that, although it's not, you know, explicitly explicitly uh, stated. Um, I think I already highlighted that one. But if I'm not, junk man, love you. <laughs> um, and how about you, Noah? Yeah, um, I think my my favorite example of what I would call bad representation, or I guess going along my same lines as earlier, failed representation. Uh, 
the gay kiss and the rise of Skywalker will live in my brain as a bad time for like the rest of my life. Not because there's anything wrong with it in text, like it's fine, it's there, but because what it does is it brings like the angry straight people out in droves and they're like, one, how dare you do this? This is horrible, get it out of my movie. And sec and two, um, you know, aren't you happy now? Can't you be satisfied and stop asking for gay characters in Star Wars? Like you guys had this, isn't this enough for you? Like that's, that's always what happens. And it's giving me very like gay on Twitter, basically it, like, oh yeah, we, we had gays in this movie. You can see them. They're in the background. They're where your <laughs> eyes will go over as we pan the camera. Um, and, and that's, it's just not, it's just not good enough for me. Um, I, not not to sound like a snob about representation in media, <laughs> but it it's frustrating when people will do the bare minimum and then, you know, sort of they'll get congratulations from a lot of the straight people who consume that media. Um, and even from some queer people, yeah, Mel just said in the chat in the chat, uh, Disney's 14th first gay characters. It's that. It's that problem over and over and over again of, you know, haven't we done enough for you guys? And no, actually you haven't. Uh, and it it's that kind of thing that, that frustrates me to death, especially in these big budget movies, like, or um, when Endgame was coming out and they were like, we're having Marvel's first explicitly gay character and it's unnamed character that the director plays in the beginning of the movie. Oh, I was like, who? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. This that is that is the issue that I have, and it's like there was a gay person in that movie, and it's like no, actually there wasn't, um, and it 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 sends me into space, and not to bash on Loki because it, it's a fine show and all, but like when they were like he's gender fluid and bisexual, is he in the text? Maybe, but like, is it shown? Is it explored? Is it a plot point? Not exactly, and I think. I think unsuccessful representation is when it falls into a stereotype, but I also think it's when it's just, it's the literal bare minimum. Like either do better or don't do it at all, I guess is the way that I would conclude my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, you guys, you make a great point. I, I, it's, it's hard. I, Cause I, I don't even, um, it just, it's just great hearing the perspective because like for me, it would be as if it was an all white cast and you panned and there was a black guy in the back and you're like, there he is. Are you guys happy now? He's there. You see him? Let's 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 go back. You know, like that's that's literally the same, <laughs> the same thing. I don't know, it's just it's really funny. <laughs> uh <Mel> says, <laughs> get your reason out of here. Um no, that's 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 awesome. I, I I love it. All right, so what do we need? What, what is it that we actually need um becca we'll go to you first i was hoping i wouldn't be the first one that's such like a there's so much to unpack in that simple question well, well don't the, feel don't feel like you have to do the whole thing because we, right. we got other people to pick up this the slack well because the obvious answer is just simply like more representation in general just just because in in general star wars seems to be majority white cishet male characters and that's a problem or like the female lead is a white woman with brown hair like i think we need to expand past that because we've seen the same things over and over and we don't need to have like a queer person where being queer is their only identity 
but just it being a part of their identity so that they're there. But I don't know, because there's a lot you could put into it. It's just, it's a multi-layered question, I feel like. Okay. Uh, I, I I love it. Uh, how about you, friend? Yeah. Um, I think more queer people in the writer's room in general, more people working, more queer people working on these projects. Um, my, my roommate and I used to joke when we would watch Riverdale that like they, there was one queer person in this writer room and sometimes they would like shove, shove him in like a side room and not let him out and then you can tell the episodes where they like let him out um i don't that's a joke i don't know who's on the writer's <laughs> room of riverdale i'm embarrassed to admit that i've watched riverdale um but more queer people working on these projects um i think in a lot of the shows that have really succeeded with queer representation recently and for uh interesting reasons I think like a lot of them are aimed at younger audiences and are animated shows um, but I'm thinking of the Owl House and you know Legend of Korra and Steven Universe um, among others there were a lot of queer people working on those shows and really fighting to include um, their own experiences within those shows um, it's not to say that a straight person can't write a queer character it's that a straight person will always be writing their idea of what a queer character is. Maybe they have a really good idea of that, but it's always going to be their idea of what that means um, and not, you know, their own experiences. So I think that's it. I think that's my answer. Okay. No, that's, that's and all I, I've, I mean, I'm, not a theater kid myself, but I was led to believe that there was a lot of queer people that they would have to be in the writer's room. But when you watch the projects, it's clear that no one involved has any idea what's happening or what they're talking about, which, yeah, is just, just kind of sad. Um, how, how about you, Noah? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess Fern and I do share a brain cell, apparently, because that was my my same thought. Um, I think the thing that I, I would say about writing especially is there's this concept when you're writing a narrative, just to write what you know, basically, because it comes off as more authentic. But the reality is you can't write from every experience because you can't have all of them. Um, and I think it's important that if, I want more queer writers in the writer's room, but I also want straight people to maybe try a little harder. Um, like if you're if you're straight, you can write queer characters. I'm not, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm actually gonna gatekeep the concept of queerness in literature. It's not for you, <laughs> but but I think it's, in, it's important to try and actually understand what queer experiences, plural, uh, look like to other people and trying to get a grasp on how that was for them. Because like any identity group that exists in the margins, it changes how you interact with the world around you. And I think so often the reason that queer representation written by straight people is unsatisfying and is unsuccessful is because it, it lacks that perspective. It understands queerness only as a function of heteronormativity, but not actually as a lifestyle and a way that we interact with every piece of the world around us. And I think that in order for queer representation to be successful, if it's not written by a queer person, it needs to be multi-sourced. It needs to understand the history of identity. It needs to understand how identity functions today because otherwise it's it's clunky 
and it doesn't have the um, the reality to it that I think queer identity always has and needs to have in stories. Yeah, that's that's a great point, and that's actually it's actually a fear of mine because I I want. <laughs> to write stories myself. I have several I've been cooking up. But like one of the things I realized is that all my favorite characters are women in everything. And so like I'm trying to write the story. I'm like, I don't feel up to the task of writing this this woman protagonist. Uh, I don't know that I can do it right. And it's it's a pervasive fear of mine. Um, and I think that could also be a barrier for someone who is trying to include one of these characters. What, what can we do? Um, is there, or, or what, what do you, what would you recommend we do to try and source or anything to read, to understand or anything like that? Um, asking for a friend. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't have like a, I, I, if I was better, I'd have like a laundry list of sources to go to specifically. Um, but I, I would say that as I, I would say, especially like read things by queer people and not just like their documentaries and biographies, but like fantasy stories that are written by queer people can help you understand the angle that we as a group of people sort of come from. And I think that's true of any marginalized community because I feel like all too often when you're trying to learn about someone, you pay attention to the concrete facts of their observed reality, but not so much to um, like the their internal experiences. And those tend to come up in queer stories by queer people. Would be would be my my advice for definitely not you, just for somebody else. Yeah, definitely. Okay, no, I have an answer to this question. Go <laughs> I'm going to anyway. It's the second day of school, so I'm in that mindset right now. Uh, okay, step one, read Stone Butch Blues. <laughs> step two, read anything else that queer people have uh, have written. Um, exactly what Noah was saying, you know, fantasy fiction, memoir, essays, whatever. Um, but Stone Butch Blues is a fundamental text that I recommend everyone everyone read at some point, especially if they're interested in um, just understanding queer experience. Um, obviously it was published in the nineties, so it's not like directly relevant to um, the, you know, contemporary queer experience or anything, but uh, definitely, definitely, definitely a good place to start. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, I have a comment from Combo here. It says uh, Star Wars is a war movie slash show. I understand wanting representation, but I feel like people are acting like it should be the main plot point or something. And I just wanted to address it because no, it doesn't have to be the main plot point uh, at, at all in this. But I will say that different people with different backgrounds approach things differently. So it is um, if you think about you know someone's paradigm, right? That's it's like a set of glasses. It's how you see the world and people from different groups, be it different, um, you know, uh, level of affluence, different racial backgrounds or, you know, different preferences will see the world in a very different way, interact with the world in a very different way. So even if that's not the main focal point of the medium of the movie of the show or whatever, they're still going to interact with certain decisions and choices 
differently. So it is an important thing to, to always consider. And I, I that's that's the purpose of this episode is to try and find out what those differences are and how we can best um, acquaint ourselves with them. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of that, that, you know, that that comment and sorry, no hate to combos. That, that seemed like a, a genuine question. But is there anything that you guys would want to communicate to people that say that this is forced or like, can you keep that stuff separate, you know, or, or whatever? Because um, we do hear those comments. What if you could like put a message in their brain and like shake them and make them understand uh, what would you do? I'll start with. Um, can't remember who I started with last time. So I'll start with Fern this time. Uh, I think it would be queer experience is human experience. Um, my experience with the people I love, my experience with my own gender, um, that is my experience just as, you know, someone who is straight and cisgender has their experience with who they love and with their own understanding of their gender. Um, I think in general, it can be helpful to uh, well, even the comment originally um, mentioned how Star Wars is like a war story and um, saying that that is somehow that war stories and like queer stories are mutually exclusive, I think is also a very flawed idea because it's not like people haven't, you know, had really intense emotional relationships. Um, like queer relationships while at war. That's a part of people's experiences too. Um, so I, these are all things that are part of the human experience. Um, and if you wouldn't necessarily question why a romance um, belongs in a story, if it were a straight romance, maybe just interrogate a little bit, like why is this rubbing you the wrong way when it's a queer romance of some kind uh, or a, an exploration of gender identity in some way? Yeah, no, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and how about you, Noah? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in the same vein of that, uh, one, I, I, I think the comment was coming from a good place, but also the first three slash six of the Star Wars movies are wrapped around a straight romance. Like that is simply the plot. Um, and I, I sort of wonder why not a gay romance? Why is this not um, something that's more true to my life or someone else's life? Um, and additionally, the, the, the concept of forced diversity, one is an oxymoron, um, like diversity is, is not something you can force. It literally happens by design. Like that's just how the world is. And I think that storytelling should reflect that. Um, there's no reason that there shouldn't be queer people in a galaxy far, far away. Like that's just a reality of storytelling. And I think that we deserve to be as present as anybody else's. That's just sort of how I feel about it. And I think that when people get really up in arms about it or when they get really upset, especially when they use like, not in front of my children defense, my question is, you know, why not? What, what about my identity or anyone else's identity is so mind boggling to you that it cannot be present in the media you consume? No, I, 
I agree. I mean, I, I felt partially, <laughs> I feel that it partially comes from closeted people. Cause like, like if I, if I see two men kiss, it's not going to make me want to go kiss a man. I, I don't, that's, I, am, am I crazy? Or <laughs> I don't see how that's going to change anyone just having it present, you know? Um, oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something, Noah? Just, I, I find it funny. It's not like I saw any gay characters in media when I was growing up and I still turned out to be a homo. So, I mean, clearly that can't be that influential. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, how about you, Jess? Yeah, like, it's, again, like, trying, like, I guess we are just, would like to see it normalized, so, because we're, we're just normal people, too, so having it in media wouldn't really change anything, I don't think. There's, like, a bunch of straight romances, and... <laughs> All of us still ended up queers, like Noah said. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel Fern and Noah said a lot of my thoughts too. Again, so no, actually, you you said it perfectly. Because, like, even you know, in the comments saying, "Hey, this the story is about a war or whatever," well, then it shouldn't matter, right? If that's not what. It's a, it's about then this the side stuff shouldn't matter or affect the story or, or whatever right, um, yeah I just yeah like um, Han and Leia's romances and like didn't really affect the main story of the original trilogy either so any other if there was like a queer romance I don't think it would really affect anything yeah if if done right absolutely um. And then uh, Element said, what I'm lacking is an editor, uh, Miss Aggie, who is just the best. Uh, she's Yeah, she, she's the best person. Edits his stuff. I did have her look into some of my stuff as well. But yeah, I think that could really uh, make a huge difference. Uh, Cal 4 here says, I completely agree with Noah. People exist in their lives, in our lives already. They deserve to be a part of our stories as well. It's so simple. It, it's so simple. It's that it's it's painful, you know. Forced uh, diversity isn't forced. Lack of diversity is. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. It looks like everyone is a uh, a war in the stars. So I I just I love the people we get here in, <laughs> in the chat. It's always a great conversation. Um, how about you, Becca? Well, because I, I remember when I started posting, like, queer Star Wars content, I meet, especially during Pride Month, I was posting, like, LGBTQ headcanons, and I remember the one video I posted, like, blew up, and I got so many, like, homophobic Star Wars fans in my comments, and I had to, and I, like, didn't want to engage with them. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, totally unbothered, but at the same time, I was, like, why does it matter so much? But it just shows that being queer is still not considered a norm. We're still like, it's still considered like other. And I even like had a, um, a couple days ago, I posted a, a ship video and someone was basically saying like, why does it matter? Like Star Wars isn't like this, this isn't what Star Wars is. I'm like, what, it, first of all, what does that even mean? 
Second of all, like just because you don't think that's what Star Wars is doesn't mean that that's going to be the same experience for someone else. Like, I just, when I see people fighting so hard about it, I'm like, you clearly have, there's, you're, you're either just super homophobic or you're just ignorant and you don't know. Cause some, like sometimes like people just seriously don't know. They're like, Hey, why is this a thing? But I've like had people telling me like, so like I've had so many, I'm sure everyone here can probably has a, a similar experience. I've gotten so many hate comments and I'm like, why are you so angry by a gay person existing? Like, I just like, if I want to say that like Obi-Wan is pansexual, who cares? Like, who cares? It doesn't change anything about his character, but people are so, some people get so homophobic that they just see a huge part like, well, that's my favorite character. And I say, people have said, well, I hate canon all of these characters are straight. I'm like, good for you. Congratulations. Like, I don't care. That's the great thing about head cannons is that it's canon in my brain and that's all that matters. But I think people just need to be more open-minded. I think a lot of people are still very close-minded to the idea of gay people existing in something that they love. Like some people will be like, I just can't see gay people in Star Wars. I'm like, why not? Gay people exist in real life. Why wouldn't they exist in Star Wars? Straight people exist in Star Wars. Cisgender people exist in Star Wars. Why can't everyone else? I mean, we all saw Jabba's Palace and the Twilight dancing around. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if you can find that interesting, then all bets are off, right? I don't know. What were you going to say, Noah? <laughs> um, Becca, literally, I had the same experience. I made a post about, like, Omega being trans in this, about an episode of The Bad Batch. And I was, like, flooded with comments of people that were like, how dare you? And I was like, besties, this isn't even canon. Like, this is just a thing I thought was a nice idea. Um, and I, I I wondered, I always had the same thought. I was like, why does this frustrate you so much? And I think it's the same thing that frustrates anybody when we talk about representation of race, of sexuality, of gender, which is that it's coming to the realization, especially from cishet white men, that this story is not for you. I think is a really hard pill for some people to swallow. And I think that um, straight people specifically in the same way that white people feel this way are not always capable of relating to characters that are not a one-to-one -one comparison of them. And I think that's why people are so, so abrasive to the concept of like solid representation in any piece of media and in any form. Because if this narrative isn't about me, I don't know how to pay attention to it. I think that's sort of like the feeling some people have. No, I, that's that's solid. I mean, I, I always had canon as they're kind of like General Hux where they're both gay and homophobic at the same time. Get General <laughs> Hux out of here. I can't do that. I can't do this today. I won't. <laughs> that reminded me, I wanted to say this for bad representation too, and I thought of it later, but uh, some more bad representation is why are all these um, Imperials, the, the queer characters? There's so many queer Imperials that I'm just like, why are you making the, the fascists um, queer? Please, please reevaluate. Diversity yeah. win. The person who fired the Death Star is a homosexual. <laughs> it, it's it's true, but it also, I mean, I feel like it's partly playing into the tropes of like this person is not macho and a hero for punching people with their fists. They're like, you know, thoughtful and 
intelligent and articulate, so they have to be the gay character. And you're like, but you, you don't have to do that. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, it's just I, I I don't know. It's just um, it's it's just a whole fascinating phenomenon. The thing I always like to say is it's like. It's like being right-handed versus being left-handed. If you're left-handed and you go into Guitar Center and the guitar you really want to play is actually left-handed, you're stoked. Like, like finally, something I can... Because I can't touch 90% of the stuff in there. But if you're right-handed and you walked in and the guitar you really want is left-handed, you're pissed. What? What is this? Why does that exist? Who wants this? You know? And you're like... But the, the difference is it's not... 10%, you know, and, and, and even if it was, it shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. Not, not in this sense. Um, and I, I think we are still stuck in this industrial mindset where factories would crank out stuff for the fattest part of the bell curve. And that's, that's cishet white, but we don't have to do that anymore. You know, we got 3d printers. We can, we can be our own factories, you know? And I, I realize my example is getting off the rails, but you understand where I'm going and what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Becca, you started mentioning head cannons. I'm curious what all of your guys um, unconfirmed head cannons are. And I mean, feel free to, you know, do, do what y'all do. Um, I think I, did I start with Noah last time? Um, you started with Fern last time, but you started with me, I think, like twice. So uh, okay. I, I try to go around. I try to go around. Um, I'm going to start with, with Jess in here, if uh, Jess has any head cannons. Okay. Welcome to my TED Talk about Thrawn and Eli Vanto. Um, <laughs> the way I, I knew it was going to be that the second it was your yeah. turn. Uh, all right, I'm getting just, buckled in. Hold on. All right, all right. Ah, let's go. Let's go. There's just a lot in the the first Thrawn book, especially between the two of them. Like uh, Thrawn's, I don't. Is that in the second chapter? I think where he tells Eli that he's it's important for him to be his um, translator and like how he holds his words in yeah. his hands. I'm just like, I'm sorry, that is not a. A thing a straight man would say to his other straight man friend like that was like Thrawn basically telling Eli hey I'm in I just met you but I'm in love with you and I'm taking you with me everywhere we go from now on and the fact at the end of the the Thrawn books he gives Eli his his journal <laughs> And um, that specific <laughs> passage about uh, you know, friend a friend being out there in, in the galaxy. It's like um, so long as you're remembered by a friend, they're never truly forgotten. And just like that also is not something a straight man would say to his other straight man friend. But I don't know. I could just be projecting a lot onto that. That's one of my biggest head cannons is Thrawn and Eli though. I think this may be my favorite comment of all time. Eli Vanto, the brown gay space cowboy of Thrawn's dreams. Uh, <laughs> there's also the fact that in 
in the Thrawn book, um, literally Eli's like, the only way you get to do that, or sorry, the only way you get to do that is if you were an admiral. And Thrawn's like, guess I got to become an admiral then. Like he literally in that moment is like, okay, if you say so. And, and several times uh, Eli is going to like leave. And then he looks and he's like, I, I can't seem to quit you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just, uh, I have a uh, expert gamer says, I just met you. This is crazy, but I don't know language. So translate maybe. <laughs> What's so funny though, is that there's evidence of Thrawn, like knowing basic pretty well because of him meeting Anakin in, um, alliances and can perfectly communicate with Anakin and basic but then in Thrawn is like yeah no I need a translator I need this specific um, space country boy to be my translator from now on thanks <laughs> and St. Pat picks up on that as well uh... <laughs> it says yes uh, Josh pops in says yeah, I'm popping in for a bit I'm on my lunch break uh I'm glad I could be here while Jess is spreading the world the word about Thranto. I, I I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, how, how about you, Beck? Becca? First of all, I just want to say we love the Thrawn and Eli agenda. It's everything to me. And I'm so glad that, that they were mentioned first because they are the blueprint. Um, <laughs> but one, but another one, the big one for me is Kalzeb. I love them they live in my head rent free i'm just saying honorable ones is the gayest star wars episode i've ever seen in my entire life who gives another man a space rock and that man goes and keeps it while he's sitting yearning in his bunk or whatever like i'm sorry but there's no way that they're that they were straight and in the end he literally zeb literally takes him to lyrison's like hey look you can stay here you can live with like and th that was basically their wedding they were basically just giving their wedding vows like that's it but they're like my favorites and i've seen people say well they're just buddies i'm like mm, no like i know it's a head cannon but it's canon like they're they're too gay to they, they're just too gay and i just i don't understand if you see them as straight i just don't get it it doesn't click in my brain it just doesn't <laughs> how many of your buddies are you like hey we should go meet my parents <laughs> exactly like well, that's just like Flix and Orca in Star Wars Resistance. They were like, yeah, we're going over to my mom's house. I'm like, that's gay. That's gay. <laughs> so uh, just, uh, you, you guys are just funny people. And and I, I love you all. Uh, I'll just I'll just say that right right away. Um, Fern, uh, what, what's in your head, Cannon? Okay, I'm going to attempt to show you guys a picture. I don't know if this will work can't really see it it's it's Darth Vader and he's holding a pride flag and it says Star Wars is gay all of it and that's how I feel um with a few limited exceptions like Sheev Sheev is not a member of the community <laughs> however no that would uh, be <laughs> Sheev is not a member of any community and <laughs> Sheev is not even allowed to be ace I don't even know what, where he falls he just no. he just is um <laughs> is that the Rupalps banner? I have had this saved to my phone for about 
four years now. It um, is uh, it is our Twitter banner on our, on our official Twitter page. I'm obsessed with that. Um, anyway, I mean, I have a long list of headcanons, um, but one of the ones that's very near and dear to my heart is that Ahsoka Tano is a lesbian. Um, and I have talked about this at length in a few other places, so I'll spare you guys for right now. Um, but same with Sabine Wren. Um, and I think, you know, if, if we get the chance to explore that a little bit for both of them in the Ahsoka show, that would be wonderful. I don't think that they should like be in a relationship for the record. I think that there's a bit of an age gap there that might make things complicated. Um, also, I just, yeah, it, it's not something I would personally uh, want to right. see, but, but, but I yeah. thought I thought if there are two lesbians, they automatically should be together. Now you're Isn't right. Isn't that how media works? You're right about that. Well, you're right. Hang on, I'm I'm gonna have to rethink this whole thing because <laughs> I did forget about that. Um, but uh, yeah, those are those are the two off the top of my head. Uh, oh, also Omega is trans for sure. Like I think Omega is a trans femme, non-binary. Um, individual and i'm so proud of her i laugh so hard at like how many theories there were about how omega could be could be a female and no one said oh she's trans <laughs> like <laughs> like the, the regular one that would like apply here like now they're like oh no it's because of just like with Wolverine, it was the Y chromosome that got damaged during the cloning process, and so her mutation was that. And 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 like, there's this, there's a. <laughs> okay, you, you have one character that could shoot anything at any time. Another one that can feel the magnetic pull of whatever. Uh, one that's so strong that he can lift up like starships, and then like, and a trans girl, like no, that's not, that's not realistic. No, no, no way. <laughs> Oh, I have one more uh, because I think it's a little bit, uh, it's not as common of an interpretation, but I believe in it very strongly. I believe that Harris and Dula is trans. Um, I have reasons for believing this that I can unpack at a later time and date. But, but right now, I just want to say I think Harris and Dula is trans. Oh, no, I went back to season one. I know exactly why you think that. Um, <laughs> the Royal Authority, yeah, you can, you know. Um, oh Jesus, I'm sorry, you just blew my mind there because, uh, because because Thrawn grabs a Calicori and says this indicates that you at one time had a little brother, but maybe, but if that was her, okay, Another sorry, thing you're, hurting, you're hurting my heart right now in, in the original, um like renderings for Hera without her helmets on. She has like regular human ears, which only uh, oh, male Twi'leks have. Um, so that was something that they changed later when they uh, made different models for her as a character. But that was the first time I saw the trans interpretation um, just as like a fun headcanon. And it's become um, something I very deeply believe ever since. Wow. Okay. I need to reevaluate some stuff, but uh, I will, I'll be DMing you uh, <laughs> later. Uh, how about you, Noah? I do like that that trans Hera is what Fern used to break Chaco's brain in half. That's very entertaining to me. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I, I I feel like we're sharing one brain cell right now because literally everything that's listed, yeah. I, I will say um, Thorantar became like oddly like near and dear to my heart, uh, which is weird because I I mean, I saw Thrawn and Rebels and I was like, oh, cool. And then I read the Thrawn book and I was like, not to be dramatic, but I would kill for you. Uh, and and those two, like, like they do just like have a place in my brain. Um, I, I will say I am an avid proponent of Cody one, which is commander Cody and Obi-Wan. And there's like very little in text to support that as like a thing. And I don't care about that. I just relate to them both very strongly. And I have decided that they're a couple, um, that said, I will say that the, the couple that I have like the most quote unquote evidence for is definitely, uh, Finn and Poe in the entire sequel trilogy. Half because both of those actors were like, yeah, we played it as a relationship. Like, just to be clear, we definitely did that. <laughs> but I remember seeing it in the first movie and like the way that they hug at the end, I was like, they're not friends. They're, this is, this is very, this is definitely fruity. Like that was, that was the energy that I pulled from the two of them. And I loved that very, very much to, to see that relationship. I do wish it had been canonized, but like I can dream. Um, I, yeah, I think the thing about my headcans and my headcanons about queer characters is that, like, I don't know why Cody and Obi-Wan are so appealing to me. It's like, they're just, they're just two, they're just two homos against the world. Like, that's, that's sort of how I've categorized them in my brain. Uh, but I, I think the reason I like them and Thranto so much is like the inherent homoeroticism that is military relationships. Something about like two men in a military construct is very gay to me. And I think that's very powerful. Yeah. Not sure. <laughs> Look, you're so white. You're so correct. <laughs> that's literally the plot of that movie. I, I do feel like the entire plot of The Force Awakens is just Poe being like, I really want you to wear my jacket so people know that we're a couple. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, Mel says, uh, Lauren ID is a lesbian, changed my mind. I, I feel like, uh, okay, but would that one be follow all of the negative stereotypes <laughs> where where it would be someone who is like i uh, came from a wealthy family on hosnian prime but they didn't accept me so i became tough and out on the out out of, out of rim uh and a villain i, I don't know I, I i'm i'm just i'm trying to learn here but it felt My, like i mean I don't know. My my chaotic headcanon is that is that uh Martian, Mark, him, the idea of him as a gay man is very funny to me. That's that's all I think about sometimes. <laughs> mm, okay, so if I had um my I guess my headcanons would be that Luke, just like his mother, is bisexual. I mean Yes. I, I feel like that's low-hanging fruit uh to be quite honest i don't know if you've seen any of the deleted scenes between luke and uh and and um biggs there's a deleted scene with them on tatooine and you're like okay they're embracing each other a lot they're holding each other very close uh luke luke is obviously the femme here and like something something's happened i you know something something's happened um also also, um, sorry, just had to put someone in timeout real quick. Um, <laughs> if when reading the, uh, the the books about Luke's mom, Padme, 
I, I, I can't. I mean, there's, there's something, there's something there with Sabe. I mean, for, for sure. Um, definitely for sure on Sabe's side. I, I don't know if it was a mutual thing. There's, there's stuff cooking. It feels weird to me that everyone looks the same, but I, I don't know. I mean, if I can get behind Silky, then I can get behind anything. Don't, it don't, it don't matter. You know, love is love, right? Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so. On that, if you could change the orientation of anyone in Star Wars, I gotta ask, who are you? Uh, who you're changing? This one, I'm going to to Becca first. Tarkin. <laughs> Tarkin. Wait, we had the same answer. <laughs> why? Like, why does he make the king one? It could have been any. Like, you could have made Thrawn like a canon queer person, and I would be like. Great, amazing, but no, you made Tark like Tarkin, because there's not a lot of like queer people in Star Wars, so that's a very short list to pick from if you're talking about like that. But if straight, um, well, I would change Han Solo because I don't. Well, I don't think he's straight, but I would say he's bisexual. But Tarkin, Tarkin, like I, I don't understand why. <laughs> that happened why that's a thing i guess he's just he's our gay elder now and we have to accept it and that's it <laughs> he's he's the problematic old guy that's like you like go back in the attic grandpa and he's like oh, oh these people taking our jobs and you're like oh jesus christ <laughs> um no i i, I, I like that um, and also, I, I like uh, you know what you said about Han because like there is a couple moments like in um, A New Hope where there's like a weird, like a scene is just shot weird with like he's gonna tell Luke something and then just doesn't, and you're like, is he yearning? Like, is that is that what this is supposed to be? Like, what are you trying to tell me? I don't know. Um, Fern, how about you? You can switch anyone. Okay, so I take my little gay gun <laughs> i don't know what this is <laughs> uh and i aim it at anakin skywalker um i i also had canon anakin as by i know that that's a controversial take uh, uh among many star wars fans um but i just i take it and i point it at him and i go boop 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 um and now he's a gay man and i think star wars is going to end a lot happier for like everyone <laughs> Um, and so that's the change I'm going to make today. <laughs> Maybe that's why Star Wars is so sad, as he was never able to able to explore what he was supposed to, <laughs> and he just went all rage monster on everyone. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'll have to process that more as well. But um, how about you, Noah? Who who would you change? I, I do love the idea, as Mel said, of, of Fern decanonizing the original trilogy uh, by making Anakin <laughs> gay. That's very funny to me. Um, I I don't... Mm, I was going to say Tarkin to like save the gay people in Star Wars by freeing our community of him, but um, I... I, I would say that I think I would I think I would make Django gay. I like we don't have a confirmed sexuality for him, but I would either do that or or I would make or I would it would take Fern's little gay ray gun and I would shoot Padme with it so she just becomes a lesbian and we're like problem solves. Like 
if if Anakin is gay and Padme's a lesbian, Star Wars as a whole is saved. Like I have They'd saved. be besties. They would be such They good would friends. be besties. I, I love the idea of them as like platonic, like the, the gay and the lesbian allies that are just like, what if we no, we would never. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I love it. Uh Cal always shipped Luke and Biggs. Um Amel says lesbian Arlani. I I mean, I'm just waiting for that. <laughs> Sub is really like, you hold my heart in your hands and I will follow you until my death. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, for sure. Um, does anyone read Qui-Gon as Ace? I read Qui-Gon as, as Pan, personally. I think he would, I think if it moves, uh, he's <laughs> he's into it. Um <clears throat> Palpatine pre <laughs> seems pretty asexual. Look about how he went about getting offspring. He never even considered for a second. He's like, okay, so I need offspring. Uh, let's get our best scientists in here. And we'll, and we're like, don't you want to, like, do what? Like, never mind. Let's bring scientists. <laughs> let's, um, Padme and Annie, queer comparing. <laughs> Love that. I, I always, always, Love these, like, <laughs> I always love the head cannons because uh, some of these obviously would just shake the foundations of, of everything. But then I think that, like, let's say, let's say Django was, was Pan, um, then all bets would be off for all of the clones, like, for forever, and that would just be a hilarious, uh, potential situation going on. Uh, I don't know, um. But yeah, uh, and and I'm sorry, Jess. Did I get yours? Okay, <laughs> Jess. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know, because <laughs> everyone has taken like some of the most iconic answers that I probably would have come up with too. But I guess if um, since it's not actually like canon, like Thrawn being queer, I. And now canonizing Thrawn being queer for Eli Vanto. <laughs> yeah, it's it's out there. What's funny is I never actually considered it, but like after hearing the explanations, like no, there's some, you know, there's 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 some stuff to this for sure. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. Now, now I have another question. This can be just a lightning round, but it's inspired by Mel, who said this comment. Elzar, Stellan, Avar, Polycule. Uh, <laughs> which I actually think is the best answer for this in all of Star Wars canon. But any any Polycule love for you, for you guys? Um, yes. I mean, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's pretty up there. I, I will also plug the uh, the Syndulla Hauser polycule from the Bad Batch. Wait, they have something going on. There was something happening there. I will, I will die on this hill. <laughs> I mean, I, I, could, I could see that. Like, where are you going, Hauser? Oh, I'm going to the Syndulas for, for dinner. Like, just don't, don't worry about it, dude. Uh, you're not gonna eat at the barracks with us? No, no. I I saw you eating. Why are you going over there, man? Stay in your lane. You just have a good time. Yeah. Uh, any more polygons? 
With the, the High Republic polycule with um, Avar and Elzar and Selen, I do like to think of it as like that scene from Parks and Rec where it's just like Avar being like, oh, this is my boyfriend Elzar and this is his boyfriend Stellan. Yeah, it's very important to me that Stellan and Avar are not dating. Uh, Elzar is like the the V of that polycule, I think. He's like, the bridge between the two of them. Right, right, right. I mean... Obviously, Avar and Stellan, you know, are quite close, I think, but it's it's very important to me that that is how that relationship functions. Maybe, maybe Avar and Stellan have like a queer platonic thing going on. <laughs> All right. Well, I am glad I asked. Okay, so, um, you know, starting to get to where we're wrapping up, uh, I gotta ask, if you could greenlight any Star Wars project, like anything that you can conceive of is going to be made, whether it's a video game, a comic, a book, a movie, TV show, whatever, what, what would you have them, um, what would you have them make? And uh, I will go to Fern first. Well, keeping in the theme of the evening, um, so this is a short story anthology called All Out. Um, it is a queer YA short story anthology. There are two other books in the same series. This one's all historical fiction. The second one is all contemporary fiction. The last one is sci-fi. Um, so something in that nature, an, a short story anthology of queer stories from the galaxy, I think would be really wonderful. Um, and you know, it could be by a single author and be a collection, or it could be an anthology. Either way, I think that would be like a really wonderful way to explore, um, you know, as we've just discussed, what it's actually like to be queer in the galaxy and provide a little of that representation that we're missing. I I, I love it. I sort of chuckle because Mo said visions, but it's gay. <laughs> um, no, that that'd be super interesting. I. I like. I haven't heard that before, and I like that a lot. Uh, how about you, Noah? Um, I mean, I'm wielding like infinite power here, which is kind of a lot. Um, I not super like a queer story, but I do really want to see um, I, either either a show or actually probably a comic because I really do just want more comic books in the world. Um, but I want to see a, a Jedi that lives through Order sixty six and has to seriously question what it even means to be a Jedi. And just sort of um, like, and, and Kanan sort of does that in Rebels, but I want more like immediacy to it because I am absolutely fascinated um, by the way that the Jedi perceive themselves, especially between like the higher public era. That's what I love reading about it is the way that the Jedi see themselves then versus um, like any other period of time. So I, I want to see that. I want to see a Jedi really ask what it even means to be a practicing Jedi and see how they deal with that. Okay, uh, now I've never wanted anything more in my entire life. I mean, I need to see your story played out specifically through Quinlan Voss, who was a Jedi, Jedi Master, who fell in love. He fell to the dark side. Um, he lost the love of his life and was a broken person, then became a Jedi again. And then they just sent him back off into war. And he's mentioned in a line of dialogue in episode three of like, oh, yeah, we sent that. And then Order 66 happens. We know he survives. But like, if anyone is to question what it means to be a Jedi um, and what the light side means versus dark side and 
what love means and how love changes a person or would affect a Jedi, it would be Quinlan Boss and I. That that story needs to be told for sure. I, I will fight Dave Filoni physically for a Quinlan Voss like full comic or TV show following him after Order sixty six. So uh, I'm free in the parking lot of Chili's at three <laughs> in the morning today. If he wants to come meet me, I will do that. I I and that's why Quinlan both me and Element Seven every single show that happens we're like okay what's gonna happen in season two Quinlan Voss is gonna show up and I'm like every single see what's gonna happen in season Quinlan Voss is gonna show up I don't I don't know how old he would be then but like he's still around like I don't know Quinlan Voss is the Mephisto of the Star Wars universe <laughs> absolutely I wouldn't have it any other way um. How about you, Jess? Uh, what would you what would you be bringing into uh, the Star Wars universe? There's like two things that like came to mind. Um, one is I'd like Timothy Zahn to write a book about Eli Vanto searching for Thrawn. Like I'd like to see what's going on there in the future because as much as I love the Ascendancy books that are coming out right now, um, I do worry about Eli, and I also am wondering where the heck Thrawn and Ezra are in the universe. So an Eli Vanto book would mean a lot to me, but also um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Cody and throughout this entire uh, season of The Bad Batch, I have been asking, where is Cody? So like a comic or a, or a show or something about Cody and um, what he's doing during all of this post-Order 66 stuff would be good seeing him deal with the fact that he did shoot his um, good friend Obi-Wan would hurt but um I think it would be interesting so that's that's what I want to see <laughs> yeah ho- hopefully we see them uh, run into each other in in Kenobi uh, in, in Obi-Wan sorry <clears throat> Um, wait, is it Obi-Wan or is it Kenobi? I it's get Obi-Wan confused. Kenobi, I think, right? <laughs> his full name? The, the show? The, the show, yeah. The cool. show called Kenobi. Yeah. I would love it was just Obi-Wan, though. That'd be very yeah. funny. <laughs> okay, I get confused. Because, like, also the John Jackson Miller book was also just called Kenobi, right? I'm and pretty this... sure the show is Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, the full, like, name. But people have just been calling yeah, it right. Kenobi because the the old book... The Legends book. <laughs> hey, as long as we get Plug Eye, the one-eyed warrior woman from the um, from this the Sand People in there, I'm I'm happy. It was made canon, and from a certain point of view, so she better be in it. I don't know. That's that's what I'm thinking. Um, I would I would like to briefly plug uh, Julia's concept of 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 Cody and Quirky on like a stepfather stepson bonding <laughs> vacation because that's extremely funny to me and I would watch that uh, I, I would love that as well oh and then uh, sorry it says Quinlan Voss shows up uh, said, said said you might need help in his skiff named Ventress that would be amazing. Um, and oh man, there was also there's a bunch of really good ones. Um, I need to see an Ahsoka Eli team up for the <laughs> show to find them. That would be incredible, absolutely. 
as what you were mentioning, Cody and Corky on a stepfather, stepson bonding vacation. And and not not someone. (laughs) So I just I just picture um, that same vacation, sort of. Only it's like an an old guy named like Jeff, and he's teaching him how to run the Cinnabon. (laughs) He's like training him. Um, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, um, and, uh, and Jess, no, I started with Jess, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was trying to start with a different person each round. So no one takes all the good answers, you know, but it all, <laughs> so, so no, not the same, but <laughs> I, I have to mention it every, every chance I could possibly get. Um, awesome. Thank you guys. Really so quickly, much. Becca, did you go? Yeah. I don't Becca. No, I dissociated for a second, so I didn't say anything. <laughs> but um, I'm a big I love Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and I love Trilla Sidori. She's one of my all-time favorite characters, even though she only has 13 minutes of like actual scenes in the game. I'm not bitter about it. I I just I always want to say I had can her as a lesbian just because. But I would love to see a book written from her perspective. Like, I know that in the game we get her perspective of how she becomes the second sister. But I would love to read, like, how she feels about being betrayed and how she navigates being in the Empire up until Vader, you know, does the thing. Because there was so much about her character I feel like I didn't get to see because it was from Cal's point of view. And I'm assuming in the second game we're not going to really, like, get much. Sierra might mention her but we're not going to really get much about her character. So I want to see more about Trilla because she deserved, like she was just about to get redeemed. And then Vader was like, no, we're not letting that happen. Because Star Wars is, we kill you off before or after you get redeemed. And that's what happens. I would just like to see something from her point of view because her character is so interesting. And just seeing her perspective as someone who survived Order 66, but in a different way, I would love to see how the Inquisitors were treated more often because we don't get that much about them. Like we see them in Rebels and stuff, but not in a lot of detail. Yeah. Also, no, that- talk about like pure terror uh, when when Vader like jumps down from that platform, and I was like, "Oh, this is it for me, huh? Like this is this is really the end." Uh, but yeah, it, could you just like do me a favor and like write a Trilla book because I will read it right now. Like I need more about her. Okay, so straight up, I'm playing the game, and and I'm like trying to fight this this sister, and then she takes off the helmet, and I was like, I dropped my control. I was like, what? <laughs> Do we have to fight? I mean, mm. all right, who's who's the mocap act? <laughs> Don't act like y'all didn't look it up. No, as soon I, as you I'm, are, you're like, I'm exclusively attracted to men. <laughs> However, uh, Trilla. I, I just also her her like whole eyeliner moment. I was like, I like that she did her makeup and then put her helmet on afterwards. Like that's that's some good forethought on her part. I do it for me. <laughs> that's that's what she said, you know. <laughs> and I, I approve. I approve of that. Oh man, no, <laughs> I love it. Now, uh, all right. So I'm gonna run off on a tangent, but when when I come out of it, um, I I gotta find out. 
who everyone's Eli Vanto fan cast is. So hopefully this is <laughs> going to give you like a, a little bit of time. But no, in, in all in all seriousness, though, I, I need I need more of that crew. Like the found family trope is so strong in Star Wars, and I for some reason resonated more with that that crew than I ever thought I, I would with anyone with um and, and just like trying to pick up plants to make <laughs> the pilot happy and like and just just walking around the ship trying to catch little bits of like random dialogue. I don't know I think they just they really killed it with that. I will be devastated if, if I don't get a sequel to that game. Um and I need to explore Cal's relationship with that night sister because um I don't know that's it's it's weird, but I don't know. I'm into it. <laughs> uh, but I will uh, I just just go around, jump out when it when it comes to you. Who would you fan cast as Eli Vanto? Does anyone have anything? <laughs> I don't follow male actors like that. <laughs> so so yeah. I'll just. I'll just see a picture, like, I'll see stuff on, like, Star Wars Twitter and someone be, like, fan cast and someone like, great, perfect, I agree. <laughs> All right, well, so I, I have had a fan cast of him for a while, so I wanted to give everyone a second, but if, if not, that's totally cool. Um, I fan cast Taylor Kitsch as Eli Vanto, and uh, Taylor Kitsch looks like... This is Taylor Kitsch. I'm picturing uh, this guy. Yeah, he played Gambit in that terrible <laughs> Origins movie, but I, I'm I'm seeing him as my Eli Vanto. I, I don't know what you guys think. Any thoughts? You guys for or against? I'm. I don't know. I um, Mel has has greatly like wormed into my brain the idea of like uh, indigenous Eli Vanto or like at at least him like being a person of color is very stuck in my brain. I don't. The problem is I also like everything animated, so I'm like just draw him and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> like that's where my brain sits. With that. <laughs> my that fantasy is... for Eli Vanto is just someone to draw him really nicely. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true so let's go live action cal i think you already have the actor you better bring him in at some point in time someone um, there was a post a long time ago that i saw that was like i think Ka i think cameron monaghan would be like a great casting for cal and i'm like mm, okay moving right along <laughs> like we'll just jump back in their defense they are not wrong they are not wrong and that's a win i guess um, I'm being told to look up Shervin Alanabi. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I will pull that really quick and uh, and see what you guys think as this Thrawn. I mean, not Thrawn, but Eli Vanto. We this have to consider. Will, yes. <laughs> will he look good next to Thrawn? We have to, cons as long as the fan cast looks good next to Thrawn, wonderful, amazing. 
And uh, Element Seven and I have the same fan cast, at least for for Young Thrawn, which which is uh, Dan Stevenson, um, who you might know from. Uh, I know him from. Um, oh my goodness, he's Professor Xavier's son. Um, oh man, okay, never mind. It's it's escaping me, but. No, not any of these guys. <laughs> I was like, these are very interesting Thrawn fan guys. <laughs> looks so good there. What are you talking about? No, Daniel, uh, I, but I, I guess I don't know how to spell his name properly, but he's from, uh, he's in Downton Abbey as well. Um, he was the Beast from Beauty, the live action Beauty of the Beast, but when he became a human, um, Dan Stevens, that's I will say the other funniest Thrawn fan cast, and there was a poster somebody uh, like made on Twitter months ago, and they were like, I propose Robert Downey Jr. as Thrawn. And it was by far like the most cursed image I've ever seen in my entire life, and it has not left my brain since. <laughs> uh, I, when people were talking about that, I hated it more than anything I could possibly think of. I think most people hear Thrawn and they think, "Oh, Space Sherlock," but he—he's not—he's not Sherlock though. He's—it's—it's not—it's not a one-to-one. Um, okay, okay, actually, <laughs> God, got it. Okay, so this is Dan Stevenson, but I was picturing him as like a young Thrawn, um, like when he first joined. I can see that. I mean, it's better than the the smorgasbord of stock images that came out of the yeah. That was that well, that was kind of wild when it came up. A lot of weird uh, old hairless men. Uh, it was it was grotesque. Any anyhow. Um, also, I I want there to be so in. Um, in the latest uh, like animation from Disney about the High Republic, I posted it myself about uh, Wayseekers. They mentioned one of them that became a singing sensation on Alderaan. I need that to just be Prince. I need it to just be Prince. Like, in design and everything, I think that would be the most wonderful thing ever. And I need a story to just go through that person's lives i don't know that's that's my thing um but awesome i appreciate all of you guys coming on um i learned a lot and i'm still trying to learn more so i appreciate you guys you know helping me along with that journey um yeah let's just go around one last time and talk about you know if you guys have any final thoughts anything that you would like other people to hear um but again, where can we, we find you and all your awesome content? Um, and yeah, yeah. I will go to Jess first. Okay, so like um, final thought for me is because uh, now Fern reminded me of that image, even though it is a Rupalp's Podrace Twitter's banner, but all of Star Wars is gay. <laughs> and it's gay because I say so. But uh <laughs> yeah, those are my final thoughts. And uh, again, yeah, you can find me at Kawaii Jessio on TikTok or Twitter, and that's like K A W A I I J E S S Y O Kawaii Jessio. And 
I'm also one of the co-hosts on RuPalp's Pod Race. If you want to look up that podcast, it is a queer Star Wars podcast. So th- that's it. That's me. Awesome. Definitely look it up. It's hilarious. And you'll love it if you love Star Wars. Um, also, one of the other hosts, uh, Claudia says, Jedi Prince is so powerful, but Jedi Janelle Monet. Damn. I didn't even think about that. That's my ideal Star Wars show right there. I would watch that. <laughs> um, and uh, Becca, any final thoughts and where we can find you and your content? Um, I want to say that Star Wars is for everyone. It's not just for straight, cisgender, white men. It's for everyone because it's it's just, it, like everyone says, it's just fantasy it's war i'm like exactly so it can be for anyone so us see wanting to see queer characters isn't asking for a lot and i feel like if people just open up their minds a bit more or they'll maybe start to understand some people won't because they don't they, they just don't want to understand but if you're willing to do the work then i think you'll be surprised because <laughs> i used to be like I used to be like, oh, being gay is weird, and then I came out, and because I, I used, I like was like, I had internalized homophobia, and then I came out I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, but I just for anyone out there who is in the LGBTQ community, and you've been, you know, seeing what the Star Wars, like what the toxic fans have been saying, just know that you're valid, and there are people that support you, and um, there are a lot of us who have the same or similar experiences as you and with that being said that was heavy but you can find me on tiktok at becca shea b-e-c-k-a-h-s-h-a-y-e i have a link tree you can click on that if you want to find me anywhere else (laughs) awesome i appreciate that also if if you guys wouldn't mind also typing your uh socials that you want me to put in this video in the private chat that would be awesome because it saves me from having to rewind and re-listen to things so i can type it correctly that yeah that's super awesome um uh, how about you fern yeah my final thoughts are uh also that star wars is gay all of it um but more seriously star wars is a story that is sort of expanding and branching out infinitely um at this point and there is so much room for queer stories um in that infinity um so we should get more stories like that. Um, thank you so much for having me on. It was a pleasure as always. Um, you can find me at Always Fern on TikTok. Um, and I have a podcast with my wonderful friend, Julia Christine 77, um, called Star Wars English Class, where we uh, talk about Star Wars and English. Um, and we actually <laughs> just put out an episode on queer coding a few weeks ago. Um, so if you want to hear more of my, my thoughts on all of this, you should listen to that episode. Uh, we also have a TikTok and a Twitter at Swinglish Class. Yes, definitely listen to them and follow Julia Christine 77 as well. Um, if you don't want to follow her, just say Corky Kenobi three times and she will find you. And yeah, yeah that'll, that'll help. So you don't have to go looking. Uh, how about you, Noah? Um, yeah, I mean, I have this pretty much the same final thoughts as everybody, which is that Star Wars is gay because I said so. 
which has been something I've been saying on the internet for a hot minute now. Um, and if that is a a problem for you, I I just don't care. Uh, fight me. I <laughs> it's not a it's not an issue. I, I like gay Star Wars. I'm gonna keep liking gay Star Wars for as long as I'm alive. Um, yeah, and thank you for having me on here. My socials are my uh, TikTok is the Jewish Jedi. Uh, and I do have a Twitter, but I tweet most often from the official RuPaul's Padres Twitter account, uh, where I like to cause a lot of uh, problems. So if you see a particularly chaotic tweet <laughs> from our account, it may or may not have been me. Uh, just just be aware of that fact. But um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on here. It was a really great time. And I love discussing this stuff with you guys. And um, yeah, to plug that episode of uh, Star Wars English class, the queer theory one is literally fantastic. Like it is... It lives in my brain rent-free. Awesome. Awesome. I am a little behind. I have a, a lot of Star Wars uh, podcasts that I listen to nowadays. <laughs> but I will be jumping onto that as soon as possible. Uh, because, uh, to be quite honest, I have a hard time not inviting Fernand. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, thank, thank you guys. Also, all of you guys are welcome to come on again. And also, and I know I... I picked two people from the group helps uh podcast um and i will get all the other members on at some point if i can claudia when we do uh resistance you are the first person i'm coming to because it does not get enough love it really doesn't season two i watched in one night because it was so compelling to me like like it, it was it was I don't, I don't know why i guess to hate you know but um anyways Thank you everyone for, for coming out and spending this time, especially everyone else here in the chat. Um, appreciate the support. This community has been amazing and quite frankly helped me through a, a crazy last year. So I, I appreciate all of you. Thank you so much and may the force be with you always. <laughs>